0: You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, episode 27. Yeah, that's right. I actually took a break from my new renewed addiction to DDR to come and record a new episode. And today on the podcast... We're going to be talking about how to be frugal in college, how to save money without being a cheapskate. And I've got a guest on the show who knows a lot about being frugal, a lot about saving money. Her name is Kristen Wong, and she runs a site called Brokapedia.com. That's B-R-O-K-E-P-E-D-I-A.com, which is all about innovative ways to save money, cool apps, Tricks to save a little bit on your bills and all that kind of stuff. Lots of great stuff if you're looking to just kind of uh, be on a budget. And she's also a writer for Two Cents Life Hacker, which is a sub-blog on Lifehacker, and Get Rich Slowly, which are both really big, awesome personal finance sites. So as somebody who says she grew up being frugal, as well as being a writer for multiple great blogs, Kristen has a lot of tips for saving money in college. And since uh, as of this recording school is just starting over again, you're probably looking for some ways to save that cash. So before we get into the interview, though, if you've got questions about college, I want them, email them to me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. If you email me questions, not only will I personally answer them for you, but we'll take those questions. My roommate Martin, and I do Q&A episodes every month. We'll be doing Q&A episodes. We'll get your questions answered on the air with more detail than I could probably email you with and you'll have fun listening to those podcast episodes. So to send those emails in, I'm sure you've got questions coming up with the new school, new semester starting. So get them in. All right. For resources of the week. Oh, no. Oh, I forgot to think of a resource a tool. Well, uh, you know what? Let me go grab some poor unsuspecting sap and ask them off the cuff. Tell them your name. Martin? Are you the real Batman? Wait, that's not the right reference. What's your featured tool of the week, Martin? Uh, Since I forgot. Uh, Trello. Okay, and why why do you think people should use Trello? Because it's super dope for long-term projects <laughs> and also keeping track of what video games I haven't beat yet. You use it for video games? Y- yeah, I use it to, to list out what games I have on various systems so hey, that I know what I have left. And you actually, like, stick to it then? Well... It's not exactly strict, I mean, I just go back to it when I beat a game, and I'm like, oh, what, what should I play next? Oh, I forgot I had that game. Cool. Oh, nice. Uh, I think I made a list works, of, like, anime and trailer or something, but I never yeah, actually like, kept I up with it. I don't look at it a lot because I don't want it to be homework, but it's useful for letting me know what other fun stuff I haven't done yet. Interesting. All right, well, thank you Indeed. for recommending a tool, since thank- I stupidly forgot to prepare one. Ah, thank you for being cute. All right, well, thanks to Martin for providing that tool for me. I stupidly forgot to think of one, but I did think of a resource for learning, and that is the book The Victorian Internet by Tom Standage. This is a book I read about a month ago, and it's all about the development of the telegraph, which incidentally was an optical system before it was a a sound-based or Morse code system, uh, electrical. It was just done by sight by the French. And uh, I just kind of picked this book randomly at the bookstore and I read through it. It's only about 150 pages, if I uh, recall correctly. But it was really interesting. And I bring this up because I'm starting to do a new weekly feature on my Facebook page where I recommend a new book every week. So if you're looking for reading material... During your free time this semester, uh, head over to the College Info Geek Facebook page. It's just Facebook.com/slash College and every week you'll get a new recommendation for a book from me. I also have the essential book list on the website, which you can find on any page with a sidebar. You'll see the uh, sorry the link to it there, but I will also link to that in the show notes since I'm mentioning it. All right, before we get on into the interview, we got one last section: the listener tip of the week. During each episode, I want to feature a tip from a listener on doing better in school, landing jobs and internships, or mastering your money. And if you have a tip and you want it featured on the show, email it to me, that same exact email address, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, or you can tweet it to me. I'm at Tom Frankly on Twitter. Give me those listener tips and I will feature on the show. This week's listener tip comes from Stephen. And he says, when I need to get serious homework done in Evernote or watching videos on Treehouse, which is a a code learning library, he says, I switch to the work account and set a timer for two or more hours. So he actually splits his computer into two different accounts, work and personal. And he says, once that period is done, I switch to the play account where I can just goof off. I'm a fan of doing this since it puts you in the right mindset for doing work and provides a barrier to procrastination. Now, combine this with Freedom, which is a Mac app, or Focal Filter, which is a Windows app for maximum maximum effectiveness. Freedom and Focal Filter are both apps that uh, block distracting websites, or they I think they can block the internet entirely if you have work that doesn't need the internet. So those are two good apps to check out, which I'll link to in the show notes. And you can also check out Stay Focused, which is a Chrome extension that does essentially the same thing. So all those, those three apps will be in the show notes. And speaking of show notes... You can find them at sigpodcast.com, sigpodcast.com that'll link you to the main podcast page over on college info geek and you can scroll your mouse down to the episode 27 link. You'll find quotes, you'll find a summary, you'll find links, all that good stuff. Um so all that stuff is there. Check it out. I have nothing else to talk about in the intro, so let's get into this interview with Kristen Wong and learn how to save some money in college. All right, welcome to the podcast Kristen.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Yeah, glad to have you here. So I I think your episode was the first episode I listened to for uh, Listen Money Matters. Oh,
1: really? And it was The Psychology
0: of Money, but I really yeah. liked the episode. I became an instant fan of that podcast. But then I started reading articles on Brokeapedia, and then uh-huh. I looked at your Twitter, and I noticed you have a tweet that says, just walked into the wall, stubbed my toe, and Belch yelled, <laughs> ouch, it's hard to be this attractive.
1: <laughs> it is. It is hard to be that attractive. And I was I'm, like...
0: <laughs> this is the funniest Twitter account. I have to follow you and have you on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Because as you talked about on that podcast, you're not necessarily a cheapskate, but you are good at being thrifty.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a big difference, right, between mm-hmm. being cheap and being frugal. But uh sometimes my habits border on cheap a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> or they used to a lot more. I mean, when I was Actually, very broke. They, I, you know, you don't call it cheap. You just call it surviving. But
0: yeah, uh, definitely. but yeah, I do
1: think there's a big difference between being frugal and being cheap. And being frugal is just kind of about um, making the most out of your resources. And being cheap is just saving money at whatever cost. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stuff the money in the mattress and never talk to it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, so personally, I have noticed. Through looking at my mint account and having my jaw drop every month, through just realizing over the years that I am not very good at being frugal. I'm not a very thrifty person. I did not pick up these lessons from my mother, even though she's very good at it. Mm-hmm. But I want to have at least some resource on my site where college students can learn how, like, some techniques for being frugal and for saving money. Because most of most of what I like to write about is what we talked about earlier, like the how to earn more money and kind of do that, which would be great to talk about today, too. But I know that you focus a lot on Brokeapedia on how to save money and find resources that can help you cut your costs.
1: Yeah. Brokeapedia is kind of just um, like practical tools, tips, strategies and that sort of thing that have to do with. Um, living frugally. And that's just also because a a lot of the other places I write for, I kind of write more about the stuff you write for on your site. Mm. So it's just a balance for me of, um, practically speaking, I don't want to spread myself too thin writing about ways to earn more and negotiate and stuff like that. So Brokopedia is kind of a place where I just talk about living frugally. Um, But I actually think what you're doing is way more important (laughs) for people (laughs) your age Because I totally wish that I would have learned more about that side of personal finance. I've always been frugal. Being frugal is, is, it's not always easy, but it's very accessible. And what you talk about isn't as accessible. For example, I had no idea how to negotiate when I first, when I got my first job. Mm. And, um, there was some study or data that came out recently that said, I, I don't remember what the exact figure was, but like over the course of your career, not negotiating your first job ends up costing you like hundreds of thousands of dollars, Yeah, which sucks for me because I never negotiated <laughs> my first job. so. I try to make up for it now, but I'm still really bad at it. But if that but I had a friend who when I was in college, she was very good at it. And I envy that. Back in the day, I thought like, wow, we're lucky just to have a job. What are you doing negotiating? You just just be happy to have a job. But Now I'm like, wow, she was really
0: smart. You know, I think uh, I took I took a class that was kind of like interviewing and and resume skills and all that. And the Mm -hmm. topic of negotiating your salary for your first job came up and the professor said, don't do that. Really? Like if you do it, they're just going to think you're like some arrogant person who thinks they're a hotshot and all that. And you know, at the time I believed it, I was like, yeah, I'm a 19 year old kid there. I'm lucky to lick their boots and have them pay me hey. $15 an hour um, or however much it is. And now I'm realizing, you know, you, it doesn't matter what age you are. It just matters what you can bring to the table and what you can offer and how yeah. much you can help them do what they need done and if you can do that better than someone else then you are in a position to negotiate even if you are just a you know college sophomore or just a grad or something like that
1: yeah i think so too and uh, do you still do you, so you don't agree with what he says now
0: i don't think so I, but i yeah. think you would need to be able to back up if you want to negotiate it you need to be have something to back it up you know Totally, like if you're totally. just saying, oh, I got it, you know, a 3. seven GPA and I've never interned before and I don't really have anything else going for me, then you're probably just going to have to take what they give you. But if you've yes. been getting a lot of experience and you have more skills and you know that you have a lot to offer and that you could do as good of a job as somebody else who is older and who might earn more then you can bring that to the table and say, hey,
1: yeah,
0: I'm worth this much. So I would like to be paid this much.
1: Yeah, you have to have some kind of leverage. And I think when you're young, it's harder to have that leverage Mm -hmm. just because you lack experience. But I think you mentioned internships, and I think that's a really big, that's an important thing. Because the friend that I mentioned that was very good at negotiating, she worked um, as an intern. And it was a paid internship. We we both worked for like an oil and gas company. And she had a lot of, that was how she gained experience. So she did have leverage to bring to the table, Mm -hmm. you know, which was great for her. She was very smart. (laughs) <laughs> I envy that. <laughs> I still envy that. But yeah, I think that's a good point. Internships are, are a really great idea. And um, anything you can do to kind of prove that you have, you do have worth. And like your professor said, I always did think also it was kind of cocky to go to, to get your first job offered to you and then immediately say, but I think I'm going to need more money, even though nobody else is offering me a job. I also thought that was a cocky thing to do, but um but you can do it in a way that's not cocky, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. And I mean, if you have more than one job offer on the line, then you're definitely in a position to negotiate at that point.
1: True. That's very true. And Dude. it's rare, but it happens. My, my, even if it's not, um, you know, the line, even if it's not your dream job, I think it, that's a good point to have more than one job offer. My brother recently, um, when he graduated, I was so proud of him, he had more than one job offer. I don't know if he negotiated, I should have asked him about that, but he would be in a perfect position to say, well, this company is offering me this, can you match it, you know?
0: Yeah, so I think we, we both are of the same mind that it is uh, in the in the long run, going to be more beneficial to figure out how to make more money mm-hmm. and make yourself more effective. But these are these are skills that often take a long time to cultivate. It take a lot of hard work. And during the day to day, while you're building these skills, while you're acquiring this career capital to make yourself more effective and be able to negotiate, you still have to spend money to live. So I think that's where where the things that you're talking about come in, where you can figure out how to keep more money in the bank and spend Mm -hmm. less. So what's your what's your story? Like what got you into being frugal? Did you did you go to college?
1: I did. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I, 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 didn't call it being frugal when I was in college because I didn't know anything about personal finance, really. I only knew that I didn't, I was very, we were poor growing up and I always just knew that I did not want to be poor. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. knew I wanted to find a job <laughs> where I made good money. And, um, part of that was just living below my means. And that when I was younger, it was a necessity. Um, but as I got older and I started earning uh, you know, my own living, I realized that, you know, there's a bit more to being frugal than just the necessity part of it. But yes, when I was in college, it was just, (laughs) I didn't even question. It was just, this is how I have to live because I don't have any money. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there, I mean, there are lots of different ways to just save on everyday expenses. But back in the day, I just, I, um, I just cut, cut back on everything and without thinking about it too much.
0: So what was your lifestyle like in college? Did you end up living on campus or were you like off in an apartment?
1: Well, for the first half, I never lived on campus because it was I I went to the University of Houston and it's a huge commuter school. Um, Mm. The first half of college, I lived with my parents And so that was easy. It was easy to save money. Yeah, it's like the ultimate way to come back. (laughs) Right. Exactly. No rent. Um, I had no expenses and no responsibility. The second half of uh, college, I I did live on my own. And, um, you know, the first the first half of college when I lived with my parents, I also I worked so much and I was so miserable. I never wanted to have to do that again (laughs) I worked because I would go to school full time. And then after school, I would work at a daycare. For, like, four hours every day. And then after that, I would go to another job. I worked at, like, a Hallmark store. And I would work there for, like, another four hours. And then um, I worked on the weekends. And I just remember thinking, like, I can't wait till I find a quote-unquote real job. So Mm -hmm. I never have to work seven days a week, like... Uh, crazy hours. Like I'm working and going to school now, Yeah, but, um, that, that was another way that I just had to, I had to get by. But then uh, the the second half of college, I found a better job. I was like an office assistant and, um, and, but I also did take out a loan, which, uh, you know, wasn't the best financial financially wasn't the best idea, but I, I don't regret it at all. Uh, but it also wasn't a huge loan. It was like a $10,000 loan or something. Um, that's like nothing compared to what
0: now was, that, uh, now, was that like a federal loan or a private one?
1: It was a private loan. Really? So, yeah, it kind of sucked. But um, but yeah, it's nothing compared to what people nowadays have to deal with. So I feel bad complaining about it. But at the mm-hmm. time, when I graduated, I was like, oh, my God, $10,000. That just seems like I'm never going to be able yeah. to pay that back. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I lived on my own, it was all, um, you know, I used my student, I used student loan money to kind of afford my lifestyle, which wasn't the smartest idea, but um, just what I was going through at the time, I feel like it was necessary. Uh, But I still cut back in a lot of ways. I didn't, you know, entertainment-wise, I never spent money. I just didn't spend money on entertainment. I um, found free things to do, and they're easy When you're in college, it's so much easier to find free things to do, it seems Mm -hmm. like, just because you always have friends who are putting on some kind of event that you can go to and get free food and free beer, and I I miss that. I miss that so much. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just art gallery openings we go to and just – I would hang around a lot of people who were also very frugal. It just, and I don't know that I did that on purpose. I just seems like everybody that I um, spent time with, we were all looking for ways to save and just find ways to entertain ourselves for free. Um, and I had a friend who was just great at getting free movie tickets. Really? I don't know how she did it. I I don't know what link there is between, like, the newspaper and movie theaters, but I subscribe to the L.A. Times, and sometimes they do free movie movie screenings of, like, independent movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and at the time, my friend was able to get um, free movie tickets to the Houston Chronicle, and I'm not sure how she did it back then, but she'd always be like, oh, do you want to go to this free movie? And, of course, I'd say yes. And then I had uh, two friends who were very good at somehow finding free concert tickets, which and it wasn't just like, um, you know, some local band. Not there's anything wrong with local bands, but it was it wasn't it was like we saw Modest Yahoo for free one time, which was really wow. cool. And yeah, and they would what they would do is they would sign up for um, like to be on a street team. Oh, or like
0: yeah. The, mar-
1: the marketing team. And it was so great because. The marketing team would say like, oh, well, you have to help us with this marketing and then you will get into the concert for free. Mm -hmm. All we had to do was just take a few flyers and then put them on tables around the the club before the show started. And they would let us in for free. And sometimes we'd get free merchandise and it was so much fun. Um, So, yeah, I don't remember what the question (laughs) was, but those were ways that I – um, those are things that I did to to have fun and for free when I was in college.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the question was just trying to get your story on what you oh, did right, in college yeah, and everything. My
1: story. <laughs> <laughs> just doing things for free and uh, yeah, going to school, working.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I did the same thing that you kind of did where I, I got a loan to pay for my dorm the first two years mm-hmm. and I just paid for my dorm, my meal plan outright. I still yeah. worked 20 hours a week. But yes. like all that money, I eventually got smart my sophomore year and started saving a little bit of it. But for the most part, I like buy computers and and like go out to eat and eat Jimmy John's like twice a day and. It was bad.
1: <laughs> it is bad because when you, well, I think like after a while, like you said, it sinks in and you realize, oh, wait, I have to pay this money back. But when you're young and somebody and you just have, you know, just thousands of dollars, you're like, oh, I can live comfortably for once, you know? Yeah. And I did take advantage of that more than I should have when I first got the loan. But then, yeah, like you said, after a while, I was like, oh, I need to start saving. So because I'm going to have to pay this back in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I
1: had, I had a friend recently who was telling me she's in, um, just like so many people are hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousand dollars worth of student loan debt. And it's crazy because she said when she got the loan, um, the, the student loan company just told her like, she didn't even need to take the money out, but they were just like, Oh, just take it out. You can use it to have fun. And yeah. I don't know. It's just, that's a whole different topic, but <laughs> it's, it's, there's, a, you know, a personal responsibility, but I do think that it's really easy to spend that money when it's given mm-hmm. to you and put like that, you know?
0: Well, there's, there was, I mean, there's a couple factors. Cause I know when I was a freshman, like I could not fathom college ending. And really? now that college has been done for over a year, I still have, have trouble fathoming that I'm done with college. Like, yeah. but especially when I was a freshman, I was like, that's four years from now, four years ago, I was a freshman in high school. I don't even remember that. Therefore it's an eternity. And I'm never going to have to repay these loans.
1: So you didn't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I w- you know, I was kind of mindful about it. I was like, OK, I know I got to pay it back. I kind of like did the interest calculator and I was like, I'll have to pay back this interest. Uh-oh. But that's four years down um, the road. I think
1: the call is cutting out. Oh, is it? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. but the... It's
1: better now. Yeah.
0: Is it? OK. Yeah, the video kind of dipped in quality, but uh, I can still hear you
1: yes i can hear and see you like it was normal so I okay think we're back. okay i think we're back to normal
0: cool that was what i was saying um, um yeah, oh you're
1: saying four years
0: so i w- i was mindful about um you know knowing down the interest and knowing i had to pay it back but it was still like in the front of my mind it was like that's four years away i don't have to worry about that so i would take the money i earned for my job and just kind of spend it on dumb stuff yeah
1: <laughs> so, i spent on dumb stuff too yeah. <laughs>
0: But now you know better now because know better. you know you know better enough to write a website, you know, write for a big website and have your own website. Mm-hmm. So one thing I saw recently on your website was being frugal for lazy people. So what are some ways that lazy people like me who don't want to don't want to like make their own soap or whatever yeah. that kind of stuff.
1: I feel like everybody- somebody talks uh, about <laughs> frugality like i don't want to it's always the used example of making your own soap <laughs> who's, who's making their own soap i don't are you, know are there a lot of people making their own soap is it that hard to make your own i wonder how time consuming it is i've yeah. never even looked into it but it's
0: probably pretty time consuming I, see that's the thing with a lot of frugality <laughs> things i look at it and i'm like that is going to take me two hours with which it's i could take it. to work and make money Like I could make enough money to buy soap and then donate like a hundred bucks to charity. And the time it would take me to learn how to make soap.
1: You could start (laughs) a soap company.
0: I could start a soap company. (laughs) I
1: would (laughs) would argue that that's not even frugal because being frugal is about making the most of your time too. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're spending I always, some people use soap as the example. I always use extreme couponing as the example. Okay. But like when you spend that much time to do something that doesn't save you that much money, it's just, that's just being cheap. I think.
0: Yeah. Right. That that's actually really makes sense. Frugal.
1: Um, but the, so the frugal thing for lazy people, obviously lazy being lazy is tongue in cheek. And I don't really think these people are lazy. Maybe they are. I don't know. But, um, I think a lot of people don't want to put that much, time or effort into being frugal, which is totally understandable. Um, because you shouldn't make the most of your time, but there are, especially with technology, there are just so many ways to save money nowadays that don't require any effort and you don't have to spend that much time thinking about it. And I love those. I, those are my favorite. Um, so in that video, in that post, it's kind of stuff that I, I may or may not have talk, talked about before. Invisible Hand is a really cool browser extension that I use all the time. And I first just downloaded it for a story okay. or for like a post I was writing for Lifehacker or something. And I, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Just let me download this. But I use it so much and I use it all the time. And it really? always comes in handy because there are so many times that I've started to buy something on Amazon. And they're like, oh, wait, this is cheaper somewhere else. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thanks, Invisible Hand. So is
0: it like a... So is it like a price comparison thing across mm-hmm. different sites or does it, does it actually like track track histories of prices on one side or,
1: um, it's just a price comparison tool that okay. when you're looking at something online, it tells you when it's, uh, where you can find the same item somewhere else cheaper. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, And there's another one that I mentioned in the video called Price Jump, and it kind of does the same thing. But that only works with Amazon, and Invisible Hand kind of works with everything. And the cool thing about it is you don't realize it's there, and then you just happen to be online shopping for something, and it pops up. So it's a way to just keep your money saving in check. That's that's cool. That's what I like about it. Um,
0: I remember there was was one called The Tractor, I think, and it tracked uh, the historical prices of Amazon – Oh, the things. So it would put a little graph on every page on Amazon and show you like, oh, these headphones were ten dollars cheaper last week. Maybe yeah. you should wait.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So stuff like that, I love. Um, yeah. And, and I know Lifehacker does. Um, speaking of buying things at the right time, they have all of those. Uh, they have like a chart that's like the best time to buy everything, which I think is great. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because there are better times to buy certain things during certain times of the year. So just timing your purchase is a great way to um, save money without really doing anything. Yeah. Um, I think Invisible Hand works with flight stuff, too. Okay. Um, so it, it tracks... Oh,
0: that's, that's cool.
1: Yeah, it tracks flight prices. So that's really cool. Actually, for that video, I had a whole section on how to automate your travel savings Okay. I just didn't, I, it was took too long, so I didn't put it in. But um, YAPTA is a great tool for kind of price tracking stuff. Okay. I think it also, Tingo, Tingo is the website that if you purchase a flight, you can put your flight information into the website. Just put it in there once after you buy your flight. Mm-hmm. And if the price drops, it will email you and tell you, oh, hey, the price dropped. You might be able to get a refund for this. And they'll even try to get the refund for you. Really? Yes. If I think you have to pay a small fee for them to like, if you, if they do get the refund and they're successful, they might charge you a fee or you, maybe you do have to pay a fee either way okay. for them to try to get the refund for you. But they'll at least for free tell you, Hey, your price dropped on this ticket. So maybe you should try to get a refund. Of course, not all airlines offer a refund, but it's worth putting your price information. Yeah. in. Well, and, I mean,
0: at, you know, if, if you really want to be frugal about it, you could just call the airline and say, Hey, I noticed that.
1: Totally. Yeah. And you but could ask them. Exactly, but that way with Tingo or um I'm sure there are similar websites to it. You don't have to keep checking every week to see if your price dropped. It will just tell you automatically. So I love stuff like that. And um Bill Cutters is another one that I mentioned in the video. I haven't actually used them, but I love the idea of it because they negotiate your bills for you. So if you don't have time or you just don't want to deal with like Time Warner Cable, I would use them as an example, but <laughs> Um, whatever bill company, if you don't feel like dealing with them, they will do it for you. So they'll negotiate for you and then they only charge you if they save you money. So if they are able to negotiate your cheaper bill, they want half of whatever they save you for 12 months. Okay. Which is fair because you didn't have to do any work.
0: And it's for only for 12 months.
1: It's only for 12 months. I personally would rather just call and do the work myself and get the discount. Yeah. Get the full discount. But I think it's great if you don't have time or you're busy doing other things. You're working or you're looking for ways to earn more or whatever, you know. So, so there are a lot of things like that out there.
0: Yeah. You you talked about bill haggling on Brokopedia. Mm-hmm. Have you ever called and gotten a bill like cut yes. yourself?
1: I did it just the other day. I did it Friday, I think. Uh, yeah. Sometime last week. So Time Warner, I always use them as an example because they're the easiest to haggle with. Like not the easiest, but the most effective. Okay. But they are a pain to deal with, so I recently canceled cable, which is, you know, probably not the best. I should probably have done it a long time ago, considering I write about saving money and like <laughs> cable is the biggest waste of money. But I actually miss it. Everybody who gets rid of cuts the cord talks about, oh, I feel so free now. No, I miss it. I miss watching cable.
0: What do you miss watching?
1: I don't know. I think I just miss the convenience of being able to turn on the TV and oh. have just different things like. Honestly, I used to watch The Golden Girls every night before I went to bed. And that was my ritual. I just, I would go to bed, I'd watch a couple episodes of The Golden Girls, and it was nice. Yeah. You can't find The Golden Girls for free on like Amazon. Oh, yeah. Amazon uh, Prime or whatever video service they have. I can't find Golden Girls episodes. Or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Those are my favorite shows. And they would always <laughs> be on cable randomly. And so I miss that. But, you know, I can always find the DVDs or whatever. I
0: totally understand you because every morning my rituals, I watch the Daily Show. So
1: yeah, just I got
0: that habit from Matt, but
1: (laughs) well, you and the Daily Show you can watch on. It's for free. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if you had to pay for the day or you couldn't find the Daily Show. It would. I would just find something else. (laughs) (laughs) I did start
0: paying for Hulu because I really wanted to watch Cosmos and I got through like eight episodes and I need to finish it. The only problem with Cosmos is like an hour long Mm -hmm. plus commercials. And I don't want to be sitting there for an hour watching TV in the morning because I'm like long finished with my breakfast by then I should be working. (laughs) So the daily show is great because the interviews are boring. So I can just watch as two segments of comedy and then be done eating and get to get to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. well, it is like just getting into a habit. You just get used to a certain routine, and then you just find, like you said, you just find something else. I've mm-hmm. found other shows now. I watch Frasier, but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> you were asking, oh yeah, the cable, the bills that I've negotiated, and so when I got rid of cable, they um, it was so funny. They, they are, I almost enjoy negotiating with them and I hate negotiating because the things, the, the things that they say to keep you are hilarious and I am not making this <laughs> up at all. So I called to negotiate, I called to negotiate a lower bill. I was like, oh, I just want, I just want, um, internet. I don't need cable anymore. So she somehow, we were on the phone for 30 minutes and she convinced me to get something called starter TV, which okay. I don't, even, I don't even know what that was, but she said it would just be cheaper that way. I was so done with it. I was like, whatever. Okay, fine. Well, the next day I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. So I called again to truly cancel cable for good. I was like, I don't want the starter TV, and the woman at Time Warner was like, Well, what shows do you like watch? I was like, I don't watch TV at all. I just never watch TV. I don't believe <laughs> really in TV. And she she said, Well, you know, I can I can I can get rid of this for you. I can definitely get rid of this for you. But you know, watching the news is important because you don't want to go outside and be surprised by the weather. <laughs> <laughs> She said, I didn't want to go outside and be surprised by the weather. And when she said it, she kind of had a tone in her voice that you could tell she hated her life or she hated what she was doing.
0: There's like a script there, like, you have to say this or you're fired. Yeah.
1: She's like, You don't want to go outside and be surprised by the weather. You could tell she just hated asking me that. And I was like, Oh, it's okay. I'll be fine. But
0: two but yeah, things. So I was- Oh yeah. Oh, just two things about like people who work at call centers. One, I feel like everyone should have to work at a call center at least once in yes. their life because it makes you very empathetic towards <laughs> other people who work in call centers. But two, I, I remember uh, there's a call center that like solicits donations at the university I went to, and like it's the easiest job to get on campus because it's also the worst. Because you <laughs> have to, you have to go through the script, and when they say no, you're like, oh, well, do you want to donate seventy five dollars? And they're like, no. Well, what about 50 and you just like work your way down until they uh-huh. hang the phone up on you or donate But
1: you're, you're calling to donate? What would the cause be?
0: It's just like it's the foundation for the university. So it's like, hey, oh. you are an alumni. Do you want to donate some money? And I'm like, I've been an alumni for six months and have no money. Why are you calling?
1: <laughs> exactly. That's the worst. Yeah, that does sound like a terrible job because you have to ask people who are probably paying off like crazy amounts of student mm-hmm. loan debt. And then you're calling to ask them for more money for the, to the very institution that is the cause of your student loan debt.
0: There should be yeah. like a rule, like don't call me until I'm 50. Yes. <laughs> I might, maybe me. I'll be rich right. by then.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I do think it, it, I, it's important to have empathy for the, the mm-hmm. people who work in customer service because they don't want to ask. Nobody wants to say it's important to watch the news. You don't, <laughs> nobody wants to say you might be surprised by the weather yeah nobody wants to say that you have to say that so um yeah i try to be patient with them but it does test your patience a lot Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i just i I try to realize as a writer i generally don't have to deal with other people's bs like Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes some annoying person will email me but for the most part i don't so (laughs) people whose job it is to deal with bs i'm very nice to them totally (laughs) i I make no bs for them
1: Yeah, it, it, When you work from home, it's hard to have human interactions, period. But like, <laughs> negative ones just all day. Can you imagine just all day being yelled at and mm-hmm. having to sell something to people? Like that can't be fun.
0: Yeah. Can't be fun. So, uh, you know, you and I work from home mm-hmm. and there's a similarity there between the students and us because there's a lot of like studying that you have to do. You can do it at home or you can go to a coffee shop and do it. Do you ever like get into a routine where you end up going to coffee shops too often just cause you like it better and then spend too much money on coffee?
1: Um, I'm lucky because I'm lazy. So no, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine that would be, um, it can be a problem going to, I did, I think I did do that when I was in college. I like to go out more. I like to be out of the house and do stuff. Um, And it's rude. You feel bad when you just buy one cup of coffee and then you're there for the entire day, right? Yeah. But these days I'm lazy and I don't want to leave the house. I am a workaholic, so I just want to stay here. I'm like, if I leave, then that means I won't be working while I'm driving in the car. So my laziness works in my favor sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, do you have that problem? Oh, I'm terrible
0: about it, yeah. Like I try to have a very you know, set morning ritual. I'll get up and eat breakfast, have my coffee that I make at home. But a lot of mornings, I'm like, I really need to get to work. And the coffee shop that's a block away has really good sandwiches and coffee. And Uh, then I find myself in there, like paying $7 for food that I could have cooked at home.
1: uh, Well, do you ever think about just like having great food in your house? Like like eating from home, but stuff you actually like?
0: I do actually. I really like my food. I guess I'm, One of my problems is I'm impulsive about work where it's like, I need to do this work now. I don't have time to spend 10 minutes cooking breakfast. Well, it would take me literally just 10 minutes. And, you know, and when you think about it, like the time it takes you to walk to the coffee shop, order all that. It's probably the same amount of time.
1: Right. That's what I do. The same thing, except mine's about going to the coffee shop or you can go to the library, you know, but you say you're mostly lured by the food.
0: The food is very good. I should just, I don't know. I should learn how to like make the kind of food they make or something like that. But I also really like the environment too. Like working at home is often just kind of a depressing prospect for me. And
1: why you don't, you just don't like being cooped up in your house. It might
0: be that. Yeah. Like my rooms, I love my, have like the way my room's laid out, but all my roommates leave, they go to school, they go to work. The apartment's like dark and lonely. And I'm like, I need interaction. It's different when
1: you live with roommates, too, because when I had a roommate, all I wanted to do was just get out of. It just seemed like I spent more time outside of the house, whereas when Mm. it's your own space, you feel more comfortable. So you just want to nest there or something. It's weird.
0: I'm kind of like that because all my roommates are my best friends. So it's it is almost like the family and like a nest area, but only when they're all home. And they're all gone i'm like i have this big empty apartment most oh, of which isn't mine
1: you want to be around other people oh yeah
0: and when I, i'm i think i'm moving down to des moines next year and they're going to be opening a big co-working place so i'll probably just pay to go there and oh, that's nice yeah. not exactly frugal but hey i mean it's i think it's worth it to be around people and if it can increase my productivity
1: then it's totally worth it it's yeah. worth it
0: yay mm-hmm. so uh I guess, aside from going to coffee shops or not going to coffee shops a lot of time, what are some ways that you can be frugal with food? Because that's an area I'm pretty terrible with.
1: With food, do you go out to eat too much?
0: I do, but I also just pay too much for groceries.
1: Oh, <laughs> you pay too much for groceries. What do you what do you think you spend the most I money on? I think
0: for me, the problem is I'm bad at like batching my grocery shopping and like planning out a week's worth of meals so like I'll go to the store every two days and just buy dinner for that one night.
1: Oh yeah there's, <laughs> there's they say you're supposed to meal plan like a week in advance mm-hmm. and um, one one cool strategy that I came across for meal planning to save money, was this woman did the inverted pyramid method so she would plan her biggest she would start with her biggest meal and plan her biggest meal and then work down from that and see what leftover ingredients she might have from that meal and then hmm. plan her second meal based on those ingredients so you buy less and fewer and fewer ingredients per meal so if you're making 5 meals a week then each meal is taken ingredients from the last one That so sounds you, like a smart idea It is. I liked that. Um, I hate meal planning. I don't know what it is. It seems like something I would like because I love to cook and I love, um, planning things and I love grocery shopping. So it seems like something right up my alley, but I just never have time to meal plan. So, um, sometimes I I enjoy doing it, but it's just, I don't know. It's just not something that I do very often, but when I do, um, when I find that I'm a store and I'm in, or I'm at one of those weeks, like you say, where I just, you're kind of buying everything at the last minute. So you're buying just the stuff to make for dinner that night and it ends up costing you $25 worth of ingredients.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what I do is when I go to the grocery store, there's just like a staple of stuff that I buy each week, like a backup grocery list that I kind of use that I know okay. is versatile. And I know that I can get a lot of meals out of, and that I also know it's, it's cheap
0: yeah.
1: um, or inexpensive. So it'll be like mushrooms, potatoes, um, ground Turkey, tofu, stuff like that. You can make a ton of meals out of, uh, all those things. So that's just kind of what I do when I'm having one of those crazy weeks where I don't have time to meal plan or I just don't feel like it. And I'm, um, running, running behind, or I, I haven't planned out my meals or whatever. I, I have like a backup grocery list.
0: Okay. I should probably yeah. do that and just start being better at planning. Like I really like yeah. cooking marinated chicken, Mm -hmm. But I'm too lazy to, like, buy my chicken breast in bulk and then marinate it beforehand. So I'll just go to the meat counter and, like, have them give me the pre-marinated chicken breast, which is way more expensive.
1: And it probably tastes better if you do it yourself.
0: Probably would, though it is pretty tasty.
1: And then I'll get, like,
0: pre-packaged asparagus and onions instead of chopping my own onions and chopping my own asparagus and that kind of stuff. So I think just being better at planning and then getting the raw versions of the the ingredients so I could cook them would Mm -hmm. be a big thing.
1: I've oh, heard definitely. that
0: like crock pot cooking is a really, really frugal way to have a lot of food, but I've oh, never yeah. tried it. Like, have you, have you done that before?
1: Oh, that's my favorite thing. The only reason I don't have my crock pot out now is because it's summer and it's so hot, but yeah, it's great because you just throw in a bunch of ingredients, cut them up, throw them in, leave it going the whole day. And especially if you work from home, it's perfect. Um, so it's really can- just
0: that simple. You just Throw the things yeah. in there and
1: Yeah, there are so many I was actually gonna do a post on this in Burkopedia, but I didn't know if it would how well it would go over. But there's so many different um yeah, just re- cool recipes you can make in a crock pot. I, I don't don't even follow recipes I just throw in a bunch of stuff that I think tastes good. Really? Eyeball it and I'm like, Oh, just <laughs> add some water and all these different vegetables and meats and stuff. Um
0: I would read yeah. that post. I would maybe
1: I should write that post. I made chicken curry in the crock pot the other day and it was awesome and it was super cheap. It was just chicken and curry powder and coconut milk. So.
0: I might have to get the recipe from you. I'm send it to you. I'm like uh I think Andrew and Matt were talking about this once about cooking and Andrew was like I am bad at cooking because I feel like I need to know the exact ingredients and the exact process and the like why. And that's how my brain works. I'm a very process driven. I want to like know all the data. And I feel like if I just go eyeball everything, it's just going to turn out horribly. And I don't even want to commit my time to it. (laughs) So the things I cook are the things that I have down to a process. And I know exactly how to cook them. And if the ingredients aren't around for that, I'm just like ordering a burrito. Yeah, I'm not going to experiment. I don't have time for that.
1: That's another thing is um, ordering food. I don't know if you ever deal with this, but as uh, I, like you said, you you get, you're like, oh, I don't want to waste time cooking because I have to work right now. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. And so sometimes um, when I'm having a super busy week, I'll just order food, like I'll just order pizza or whatever. And then I realize, you know, when you have deadlines and stuff, you have certain periods of the month where your, um, your schedule is just more packed than usual. And then I'll notice that for five days in a row I've been regularly eating food out of the house just sending food in deliver, getting food yeah. delivered so then I just try to keep frozen meals and stuff in the house which is most frugal people would be like oh you shouldn't do it. it's a huge waste of money <laughs> but it's better than ordering a pizza for me or oh I to- better than ordering a bunch of Chinese food or whatever yeah
0: yeah getting a burrito delivered to my apartment's like 10 bucks so wow I, I mean it's it's pretty expensive yeah. And you know I think I'm coming to realize that when you order food you kind of need focused unbroken time to actually do any good work, at least mm-hmm. when you're being creative and writing. So when you order a burrito and you're like waiting for it to come 20 minutes from now, you're not actually going to get that much done. At least I don't. True. So yeah. I, it might be a case of where I'm like just tricking myself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about you. I, when I cook, it's very therapeutic for me. So mm. I actually welcome the break, but I, this is something that I'm trying to doing, do during the day is make lunch because um, I either eat an unhealthy frozen meal or I just don't – I skip lunch and I don't eat until like 2 or 3 mm. o'clock, which is not good. So I try to be more aware of that and take breaks because it actually makes you more productive to take – I don't know if you're familiar with the Pomodoro technique. or Yeah. Um, yeah, so you take like a – 25 minute break. So, and then I read something else that was like, well, to be super productive, why not make that break productive? So work on a productive project or something during that break. So I'm like, Oh, well I might as well make lunch during that break. That's productive. It's giving me nourishment, which obviously you need. And, um, and it's clearing my head so that I can get back to work. And so I try not to see it as a waste of time too much.
0: Yeah. The thing I've been experimenting with is, uh, for lunch, I'll ride my bike to the grocery store then get salad bar and bring it back. So it's like some that's exercise, fun. some sun, and then like eating a good healthy meal. And I mean, that's, it costs like six bucks, but it's that one thing is worth it to me, I think.
1: Yeah, and that's not as bad as like, you know, it's cheaper than getting a burrito Yeah, and you get a workout out of it and you get a mental break out of it. So
0: Which I need, like good. afternoons are terrible for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know anything what you would after. Say. Oh yeah, anything <laughs> after 12 o'clock, I just, it's so hard not to take a nap. How do people yeah. not... I mean, I don't I usually don't take a nap because I I get depressed Mm -hmm. when I wake up from it. But I'm always. Oh, very I want to take a nap so bad. It's yeah, it's terrible afternoon. It's just
0: do you get like the urge to work at night?
1: No, not anymore. But I used to. You do.
0: Yeah. Like I'll I'll wake up and I really want to work in the morning and I'm pretty good in the morning. And I'm like, I I want to have like an eight to four schedule. So then Mm -hmm. when my friends and girlfriend come home, I can actually spend time with them. But then my energy levels are usually like. Morning's pretty good. Afternoon, don't do anything ever. Just go to sleep. (laughs) And then night, it's like, hey, here's 10,000 ideas. You should write, you know, four articles right now, even though your girlfriend wants to hang out.
1: So I'm trying
0: to, like, reprogram my body to be okay with that normal schedule.
1: Yeah. Are you a good (laughs) worker at night or do you just get very creative at night?
0: I get very creative at night and you
1: don't actually work or
0: I mean, I could see at night. I'm usually trying not to work but then I'll get like a really good idea for an article or something. And like a lots of details will start just popping up in my head. So I have to go to Evernote and just like brain dump. Yeah, And I won't yeah. write an article, but I will brain dump. So night, yeah. nights are good, like creative times, I think. And then I'm just working on in the morning, eliminating distractions and just doing the writing. Cause you just yeah. have to do it.
1: <laughs> I do. I work better in the morning too. Mm. And I guess I do. I don't, get the urge to work at night, but I'm, I do come up with a lot of ideas at night and I do the same thing. I'll put them on Evernote or write them down, but I'm not a good writer at night. I've noticed I'm only a good writer for like two hours in the morning. So um, I'm very good writing before noon afternoon it's like i'm a completely different person with a completely different set of skills Mm -hmm. so i just kind of learned to move my schedule around so all of my writing and i don't i try not to reply to emails before um noon or you know respond to comments or anything like that so i save that energy just for writing and just for getting my work done and then all like the um i don't know how to put like administrative type of work like responding to emails applying to comments scheduling and stuff then i try to do that in the afternoon okay Cause I'm not
0: good. That's something <laughs> I should try to like actually block out. Cause I'll yeah. wake up and I'll be like, I need to do 40 emails, write an article and I don't really try to schedule it. And then you know, your mind's just kind of jumping back and forth. Yeah. But I think if I was like, okay, one o'clock's is going to roll around. I will not be creative. So that's email time. Yeah. Now I can write. That'd be much better.
1: Yeah. Just not think about it and no, have that designated for that time. You mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so do you have any tools you use for like managing your money and staying on top of it, keeping organized?
1: I use mint. I've used mint forever, but I, I hear, what is the other one that everybody uses? Uh, you need a budget. Oh yeah. I've heard great things about that. And then when I looked at it, I was like this, I am an organization freak. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, this looks awesome. And I, I kind of want to give it a try. And I mean, my budget's fine. I'm great. It's organized and it's great, but it just looks like they have so many cool tools and stuff to help you stay organized. And Ready for Zero, I know, is a real is another cool one for um, like if you're managing debt and stuff like that, paying back your student loan. I'm a sucker for, like, productivity apps and organization yeah. apps. So I, I like the idea of those. But, yeah, I just kind of automate my my, my finances for the most part. Okay. I um, use Mint. And then all my bills are kind of I do auto pay. And I do yeah. – I. I don't know if you use credit card rewards. It's, it's a, -hmm. uh, well,
0: like just a credit card with rewards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have like a cashback one.
1: Yeah. So I do that. And then I kind of just, um, I have my bills linked to that and I do all of my spending on that. And then I pay that off each like twice a month. Okay. And that's pretty much the extent of my, how my finances are organized. Yeah. So are you a,
0: are you a deadbeat too? What do you mean? Uh, Matt and Andrew were saying that the credit card companies call people who pay off their bills every time they're deadbeats because they make them no money.
1: I heard that, yeah. I'm I'm a
0: deadbeat. I have never given my credit card company a cent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's weird to me when people are like, oh, well, you should feel bad for doing that. No, I don't feel bad. (laughs) They'll be fine. The credit card companies will be fine. I mean, I think like average consumer debt is fifteen thousand or something something like that they'll be fine they're fine
0: (laughs) well they have they have entire departments dedicated to the people who will default on their credit cards i think the like 300 bucks every two years they're going to give me in cash back rewards is they're not going to bat an eye at that
1: yeah so
0: but it is it's 300 bucks that you like didn't know you had which is kind of nice
1: i don't think that it added up to much uh, it's a huge topic. It's beca- it seems like it's become a really popular topic within like personal finance blogging circles lately, the mm-hmm. credit card churning and credit card rewards thing. And I didn't really think much of it. But then I opened a credit card last year and, and just actually tried out. Oh, I've always done rewards, but I was like, I'm really going to pick a good card and try to like link my bills to it and actively use it. Yeah. And budget with it, use it for my budget. And yeah, I got something like $400 cash back or something last year. I mean, that's. It's awesome. Know, it's good for not doing anything. It's yeah. I mean, speaking of um, just ways for lazy people to be frugal, earn money. Yeah. Cashback rewards are great. Just use it. If you're good with the budget, I mean, obviously yeah. it's dangerous. It's very dangerous if you have a spending problem. Um,
0: I think there's like some psychology behind it. Cause it, yeah. it's like a, it's like a reward cycle, you know, where you're like, Oh, I'm building up my points balance, but the only way you can do it is by spending money. So it almost it's like an extra reward for buying things. And it kind of encourages buying.
1: Totally. That's the idea of it, right? Yeah. They want you to spend money that you don't need to spend so that you can earn rewards, which is really <laughs> silly. But if you're smarter, if you if you're smart enough to realize that, then I think you're smart enough to beat that.
0: Yeah. If you're if you're mindful about it, because no, I know I that if mind- you use your credit card for everything, it's just easy to spend more maybe not a ton more, but just a little bit more than you normally would. And over time, that's probably going to average out to be more than your rewards. Yeah. But if you just (laughs) like set your credit card to pay your bills automatically and then don't use it that much, then you're going to get some free money.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And if you, that's why I do mine twice a month. Um, because I don't trust myself to some extent, like mm-hmm. as frugal as I am, like I'm still a consumer and I still want to buy things sometimes. So I try to keep myself in check by paying it off twice a month and just keeping on top of it. I used to have a card that was really cool because it was, I, I used to be a bank of America customer and I had a, uh, you know, checking and savings account through them. And I had a, a credit card through them that earned cash back rewards. So I would just put money from my checking account onto the card. So I would have hmm. a debit, a, a ne, not negative balance. Like I would have a balance on there. I would use okay. it as a debit card. So I would just, the card balance would be zero and I would put $300 on there. And then I would just use the card until it had a zero balance. So I didn't ever have okay. to pay it off. I just put money on it like it was a debit card. So it's, and I would still earn the rewards. So yeah. I would do that with, I don't know if you can do that with other banks, but that was pretty
0: awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah. It's almost it's like a prepaid thing.
1: Yeah. It's like exactly. carrying
0: cash but not cash.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and earning the rewards on that
0: cash. That's really cool. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. So yeah. uh what what are some more of your favorite tools, I guess, besides you you said mint, you said ready for zero and then you need a budget. Is there anything else you use?
1: Yeah. Uh you mean for managing money specifically? Yeah.
0: Uh, or no. maybe just like tools you love using that just make you more productive.
1: I use um, speaking of Pomodoro, I use that. I've been using that Pomodoro timer. Like it's an online Pomodoro technique timer. Oh yeah. It's just like a regular timer, but I don't know. I, I it's, it makes it really easy because you know how you're supposed to uh, manage it in like 25 mm-hmm. increments of 25 minutes, and then five minutes, and then 25 minutes. And five minutes. So it just kind of helps you do that. But um, trying to think of what else I've been using. Let me look up real quick. Sorry. There's this one app that I've been using, and I will tell you it's called. Uh, pick to pay. I've been using that. Um, I wrote about that. That's the cool thing about writing for life hackers. I, it's my job to like find these cool apps and tools and then I end up using them and they're awesome. Um, but pick to pay, speaking of credit card rewards (coughs) is a browser extension that you download and you, you don't have to register. You don't have to give them any personal information. You just tell them what types of credit cards you have. So this is, if you use more than one credit card, it's super helpful more than one credit card for rewards because it tells you when you're online shopping what credit card is best to use so if because you know how different rewards programs have like if you buy
0: like groceries or yeah
1: yeah, or clothing at a certain store or whatever they give you four percent cash back instead of their usual 1.5 percent cash back yeah so um i don't keep track of that stuff i don't it's too much. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, in, in the past, I would just use one card and say, oh, who cares if I'm missing out on this 4%. I'm still getting a 1.5% with this other card. Um, but pick to pay, what it does, is it keeps track for you. So if you are shopping somewhere and it, it, your cards, once you click on the extension the little icon, your card the cards that you have will pop up and they'll tell you automatically how what percentage you're going to get with each card. So it's really cool. Okay. I like that. And on top of that, it tells you if you can find a discount using that card, uh, going through like a shopping portal, like Ebates, or sometimes the credit card rewards program itself will have its own shopping portal, where they you'll get an even you'll get a discount at like say you're shopping online at um, Gap or something. Okay, and then uh, Pay will say, "Oh, okay, well you'll get." 5% cash back because this card will give you 4%. Plus you get a 1% discount if you click through their shopping portal. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: That's anyway, pretty cool. It's a really
1: cool. Yeah. It's a cool
0: tool. Okay. It sounds like it would be useful if you had multiple cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think I have two at this point, which the only reason the other one's open is because I need to keep my credit history as, as aged as possible, but I don't really use it yeah. for anything. But yeah, if anyone, you know, I think eventually I want to get like a travel card. Mm -hmm. And then once I have that, it'll be useful to say, okay, maybe I should put this on that one and something else on the old one.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for all the frugality tips. I have been reading Brokopedia and trying to at least (laughs) incorporate some of the things. So I'll definitely link to it. And I'm I'm writing a huge list of tips on how to save money in college, which I think I'm going to be publishing tomorrow. So I'll definitely link to Brokopedia and that and find some relevant articles um, well, so you, you so yeah, Brokeapedia, where else can people find you online?
1: Um, two cents, life hacker, two cents is a life hacker sub blog that I okay. write for and, um, get rich slowly. I write for pretty regularly and, um, about once a month I write for Bankrate too. So yeah, cool. you can find me there and my personal website, kristenwong.com, which is All nothing right. exciting, but might as well mention it. It's
0: well designed. I'll give it that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I do like it. Cool. I'll make sure to link to all those things in the show notes as well, well as your you Twitter, so which is uh, at the wild Wong, right? That
1: is me. Yes.
0: <laughs> and everyone should follow you because your tweets are way funnier than mine.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I try. <laughs> I liked the
0: one about the Dragon Ball Z wall decal.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so weird. We did have that. I it just ties how,
0: the room together.
1: So, yeah, it was this the eBay thing where this giant Dragon Ball Z decal, but it was like in a modernist <laughs> yeah. Home, like anybody who's in who's into like modern,
0: yeah, modern design would
1: have a giant Dragon Ball Z poster <laughs> in their living room.
0: I think I think it might have been generated. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but like I know, like all posters and like the poster shopping websites I used to use is in college would like just kind of put the poster into a picture of a room. So no matter what it was, it could be like a picture of a Dragon Ball Z warrior, and it's just in this modern, tasteful living room. room.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> But it is pretty funny.
1: But it's funny, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Christian. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kristen Wong. And seriously, you should really follow her on Twitter because she's hilarious. She's a lot funnier than I am. And speaking of saving money in college, if you would like to learn more, I actually just po- published a huge post today, like 7,200 words. It took me a long time to write, but it's called 39 ways that you can cut the cost of college. And I meant for this to be one of the, uh, one of the rare, huge posts I do on the site that kind of just becomes cornerstone content that lasts forever. So if you go onto the blog, um, you'll find it there. If you're listening to this recently, otherwise they linked that will be in the show notes. You'll get 39 more ways to save money in college. So check that post out. All right. Once again, if you have questions, email them to me at Thomas at love getting questions. Love answering them both through email and on the Q and a version uh, episodes of the podcast. So lastly, if you're enjoying the show, if you're getting value out of it, if it's helping you out with uh, you know becoming a better learner, being more productive, managing your money, any of that, the best thing you can do to support the show is leaving a review on iTunes. And in the show notes at the bottom, there's a link to a page on the site that I just made that explains exactly how you can go through the process of leaving a review. It's really easy. It helps the show out. It helps me get feedback on what I can do better. But uh, also, it helps bring the show up on the charts in iTunes, which helps more students see it. So that's pretty awesome. And speaking of reviews, I want to read one that I got today, and it's from a listener who's been emailing me and sending in listener tips, and he's just an all-around awesome guy. So this is from Ransom Patterson. Ransom, thank you so much for leaving a review. And he just titles it simply Rockin' Content, five stars, which is awesome to hear. And he says, Thomas has put together a podcast that combines excellent information with entertaining clear delivery. While the main focus of the podcast is college tips and hacks, anyone looking to advance their professional endeavors can benefit from listening. Through the people that Thomas has interviewed, I've learned about everything from successful networking to computer security to the benefit of having side projects. I'm continually impressed by the diversity of guests Tom manages to get, from web designer bros to language learning pros. He's covered it. I've also discovered some of my other favorite podcasts through Thomas, such as Listen Money Matters and How Did You Get Into That? Make sure to check out his blog as well, as the content there is just as superb. Thank you so much, Ransom. Uh, I don't know if I'm as awesome as you try to make it sound there, but thanks again. It's awesome to get that feedback, and the review really does help. So as I said, if you want to leave a review, it really helps the show. Otherwise, I will see you on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.